2: hello everybody we're back we're back we're back it's 2022 and we are back we took a little break over christmas and uh still in the good old january but it's friday and that means that you get a main episode from us annie how are you
3: oh i'm so excited to start the new year is it started yet is it it is 2022 now is it
2: Just about. Right. Just about 2022. (laughs) Let me just update
3: my phone date and time. 2022, let's be having you. Can't really get (laughs) any worse than the last two.
2: (laughs) I know. I feel like that. uh, I feel like that maybe civilization is on a slippery slope but, yeah. but and we really are definitely not helping. To the top. Again, who
3: knows? <laughs> I will tell. Uh, it, the end of the world started just around the same time as we started this podcast. Like, I'm not saying that, like, the two things are correlated, but we probably are yeah. contributing to the end of the world. But here, here let's have a few laughs along the way.
2: Exactly, what can you do? We're here to supply you with the entertainment factor and the expertise in the paranormal world, which is myself and Annie, who are up for many awards that we can't speak about at the moment Mm, because we are practically the Molder and Scully of... (laughs) the paranormal <laughs> podcasting world but I, just, I don't know some people just said that and i just I, I don't know anyway we need to get we need to say a big huge thank you first of all to our new patrons so uh, let's get into it
3: oh i would first of all like to say a big big thank you to margaret de bartolomeo and i really hope that i said that so bougie name perfectly it's gorgeous thank you so much margaret
2: oh thank you margaret and i'd like to say thank you to robert johnson Thank you, not, Robert.
3: Not as bougie, Robert, but we appreciate you every bit as much. Thank you so much. And ah, oh, the next person I would like to say hello to is Claire H. She's a very mysterious, beautiful lady. Claire H. Thank you.
2: I wonder is that Claire and H from Steps and they're just using the one page <laughs> and think that they can't actually afford it separately. Who knows? I'd also like to say thank you to Karen Kant. Cand- Candlish. Candlish. Uh, Sorry, Karen, if I'm messing up your surname, but uh, thank you so much for signing up.
3: Oh, guys, you're the best New Year's present we could ever ask for. And we really do appreciate every little cent. Thank you.
2: Thanks so much. And if you would like to join our Patreon, you can do so, listeners, by um following the link in this episode in the episode show notes. And you will get an extra bonus episode every week, which is Motu Weird Wednesday, that comes out on what day? Wednesday. <laughs> and also uh the new and improved after hours live line, which you'll hear for the first time on the main episode this week. Ooh. <laughs> How excited are you about the live line, Annie?
3: I am so excited about the live line. It's a place Mm. where people can write into us about anything that's going on in their lives. Exes, current partners, um, uh, experiences with aliens, uh, your mother-in-law. Really, you know, like we're the Joe Duffy of the paranormal world. If you don't know who Joe Duffy is, as you've been missing out for years, please do send us your craziest stories. We want to hear them. (laughs)
2: people in america are like joe duffy who the hell is joe (laughs) duffy i i love this new section and i think it's going to be great but we need to get on with our main tale this week are you ready
3: i've been ready since i was born but let's go
2: let's go dim the lights roisin bring my drink to my lips thank you On the night of November 27th, 1990, the police station of Valcas, Madrid, received a chilling phone call. A man by the name of Maximo Gutierrez claimed he and his wife Concepcion were being stalked by tall, shadowy creatures at their small apartment situated only a few streets away from the police station. Inspector Jose Negri took on the case believing that intruders may have made their way inside the home of Mr. and Mrs. Guterres Notting in their official training would prepare them for what was inside the Guterres household The lights from two swag cars lit up a narrow street named Lou Marín It was easy to find the home Outside stood a couple whose faces were stony Eyes wide They were staring at the police as they closed in too terrified to go back inside the police led their way inside the home inside was calm and quiet after a thorough walkthrough they could find no signs of forced entry on the windows or doors if somebody had broken in they were long gone relaying the information to the terrified couple outside police officers assured them the house was empty and that there was no need to be afraid recommending that maybe the couple change the locks and keep their windows closed burglaries and break-ins happen in every city and Madrid was no exception after all but it wasn't until the Guterres told of what they had been experiencing in the home the officers realised this was no run-of-the-mill break-in or intruder encounter Mr Gutierrez began to tell them about their experiences with shadowy figures that would walk through the hallways of the home at all hours of the day sometimes peering through doorways only to disappear from whence they came Loud banging, doors that slammed closed with force and other unexplained noises were a common occurrence. A shaken Mrs. Gutierrez plucked up the courage to speak. She began to nervously retell her own personal encounter in which a pair of invisible hands had grabbed her in the middle of the night.
4: I felt pressure on top
3: of me, but there was no one around. I said to my husband, there's someone here. Then I felt a pair of hands grab my feet and then grab my hand. I was terrified.
2: We'll just pause there for a minute because if that happened to me in my bed and someone grabbed me, a pair of hands grabbed at my feet and then grabbed my hand... I would be gone. I would be in the airport going, hello, how are you? Oh, I'm in my pyjamas, <laughs> I know. I would like to book a holiday to the sun where the sun is just scorching the land and everything is bright all the time, please. Is there anywhere on earth that there is never a nice sky?
3: Will, this is Madrid. It's one of the hottest places in fucking Spain. I don't think these these poor absolute fuckers, they'd be like, get back to your bed, sir. And by the way, love, if somebody grabbed you in the middle of the night, it'd be a welcome change. Continue.
2: I'd be like, stop playing chase with me and get underneath the covers while my husband's in a coma. <laughs> 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 i will be like Miranda and Shay when in the kitchen and Carrie's after pissing the bed. If you don't know what I'm talking about, shame on you. Shame on you. Inspector Negri was curious as to what the guitarists were experiencing. He accompanied Maximo and two other officers into the couple's master bedroom. Concepcion stayed with another two officers in the living room. In the bedroom, the men stood talking when all of a sudden a loud bang came from outside the bedroom's balcony, followed by what sounded like a large boulder rolling across the balcony's tiled floor. They quickly opened the balcony's doors to see what had made the noise, but nothing was there. The men could not find where the source of the sound had come from. Back in the living room, the police officers asked their fellow officers if they had heard or seen anything strange. None of them did. However, in that moment, one of the officers yelled Duck! Just as he did... The door of a large antique pine cupboard swung open, barely missing a fellow officer by a few inches. Everyone in the room stood to attention. They had all witnessed this door swing open of its own accord. Nervous, the officers in the room drew their guns from their holsters and pointed them towards the inanimate furniture. There had been nobody else near the furniture, and a preliminary inspection yielded no strings or trickery of any kind. Inspector Negri and the other officers could not understand what was going on inside the Guterres' home. Everyone was spooked. Two officers had decided enough was enough and left the home opting to endure the cold November air on the street instead of being in the company of an unseen force. Back in the home, the Gutierrezs were opening up as to how this bizarre phenomena had all started. The couple told the now-intrigued officers about the death of their daughter Estefania, which had occurred just a few years prior. Their daughter's death, they believed, was brought upon by something (gasps) otherworldly. The story goes as follows. Their 18-year-old daughter Estefania and her friends had been using a Ouija board at school one day when a teacher caught them. Furious, she scolded the group and began dismantling the makeshift board. But once the teacher broke the tall glass that the girls had been using as a planchette, a wispy form of smoke was released into the air. This mysterious smoke began to whirl in front of the girls and ended up being inhaled by Estefania. The couple claimed that this was the starting point of their daughter's physical and mental health decline. In the days that followed, Estefania started telling her parents that she was seeing strange dark shadow people wandering throughout their house, appearing and then disappearing into the walls, shadowy beings, that appeared momentarily that seemed to be taunting or perhaps just drawn to Estefania. She was terrified. Inspector Negri and the remaining officers listened intently, their eyes wide. As the couple continued telling their story, a loud crashing noise broke the atmosphere. The noise was coming from Estefania's room. The noise continued. It sounded like a bull had been let loose in the room. Crashing, thumping, the floorboards beneath their feet rumbled. The vibrations found their way to ornaments which dinged slightly. The inspector and officers jumped from the table. Maximo led them to his daughter's room. Once inside, a lone crucifix lay in the middle of the floor. Maximo pointed to the nail on the wall from which the crucifix had hung for years. Before them was one of Estefania's posters, which looked like it had been clawed at and partially shredded. Inspector Negri signalled to his men to check the other door in the bedroom that led to the balcony. It was locked. No one stood outside or anywhere near Estefania's bedroom. They examined the room for a moment. Suddenly a loud thumping noise filled the room from left to right. Again, the source of the noise could not be found. Maximo spoke. This room is cursed. One time my son was pushed by something that we could not see. He was flung around the room. Concepcion entered the room with a photo frame in hand.
3: This was a picture of Estefania. One day it fell from the table by itself and burst into flames. But look!
2: Concepcion went on to show how only the photographic paper that had Estefania's portrait had been burnt. The frame was left without a single mark. And even more bizarrely, the glass didn't have a single crack or scratch on it. Outside the bedroom, an officer noted that a strange crimson coloured goo was present on some of the Gutierrez's furniture, an unfamiliar substance that neither Maximo nor Concepcion had ever seen before. Not knowing what to make of the situation, Inspector Negri was then told about the bathroom the Gutierrez family had chose to stay out of. They reported that they would hear disembodied voices at times while inside the bathroom, and would also experience sudden drops of temperature, an icy chill that engulfed whoever was inside. The inspector walked into the bathroom, which had been only used for washing and storing dishes due to the phenomena. Inside, he felt the hair on his neck stand on end, an eerie feeling that other officers also felt. The officers noticed that the temperature inside the room was significantly colder than the outside air. It was a cold, unlike anything I have ever felt before, said Inspector Negri. According to Mr and Mrs Gutierrez, their daughter had developed a slight interest in the occult which led the teenager and her friends to perform a makeshift seance in the school. According to Estefania's friends, they were attempting to contact the boyfriend of one of the girls who had died recently in a tragic motorbike accident. When the seance was busted by the intruding teacher, the girls and teacher claimed to have seen a strange swirling smoke near Estefania's nose and mouth. Days later, Estefania began having seizures and hallucinatory visions that her mother said she never suffered from. Estefania would sometimes go into fits of wild rage, snarling and barking at her younger brothers. Other times, she would tell the parents that she would see the shadowy people walk past her bedroom at night. People she would describe as being strange and (laughs) evil-looking. Are you all right, Annie? I feel like this is a story that's made for you.
3: I, how are you starting off the year with this story? I am actually holding my breath. I'm actually holding my breath. Uh, You absolute
2: bastard. The couple took their daughter in for an examination and testing, but none of the doctors could find anything physically wrong with her leading them to believe that the girl had suffered some type of psychotic episode. For six months, Estefania was tested and checked by numerous doctors and hospitals. No one could give the Guterres a straight diagnosis of what their daughter was suffering from. All the while, Estefania's physical health progressively worsened. During the last months of her life, Estefania began having bouts of seizures everywhere she went. On the subway, on buses, inside classrooms, and her home she wasn't safe from the mysterious illness that had begun plaguing her. As her health worsened, so did the hallucinations and voices Estefania was claiming that hounded her throughout the days and nights. A few months after it all began, Estefania mysteriously passed away in her bedroom. With no official cause of death, Estefania's parents attributed it to her involvement with the occult. It was then that they both began to experience the unnerving and unexplained phenomena in their home. Slamming of doors, electric appliances turning off and on, faint whispering, and the shadowy beings began haunting the Gutierrez residence. The couple found no help with the medical professionals and when it came to their daughter's mystery, illness. Now they were finding no help within the police in regards to the frightening happenings inside their home. With no choice left in the matter, Maximo and Concepcion decided to move out of their home. Once they did, the insidious torment ceased. Both were able to finally put the strange events behind them, allowing them to peacefully mourn their their daughter's death. To this day, no other strange events have been reported inside the condominium on 8 Luis Marin, Valacas, Madrid. Police officers are trained observers and rarely are they called in for paranormal incidences. However, when they do investigate the unexplained, they almost always refuse to report that what they've seen was something paranormal. However, the Valacas police report is filled with extraordinary events that the officers present swore to have witnessed, leaving this case to be one of the most recent, eeriest, unexplained cases in their files. The end.
3: <laughs> I'm quitting this show. I cannot, cannot put up with another year of this. I am absolutely.
2: Like, if it happened to her, it could happen to you <laughs> no, that's not, not terrible to say. <laughs> Hey, if you think this had never happened to me, it can happen to you. <laughs> uh, no, this terrifies me. And God, love that poor girl. Totally rest in peace. That family, mm.
3: what? The f- like you know, like I, ju- I. Well, I'm not. I have no words. I have no words this, because this is on a police report. So this, like, you know, those people, like what they're saying, their experience of what happened. This is what happened to them. And I mean, how can you explain this shit? Like, you can't explain it well. And I just don't know if I can think any
2: more of this. Uh, Yeah, it is. It is quite shocking. Like, uh, Like, the police officers are like, what can you do? Do you well, I do?
3: don't think they're I don't think they're equipped with um fighting the devil himself. No, like they I know they have guns in Spain, I think, but um, I mean that's not really gonna do you any good. Holy like- Lord
2: being honest now right if you if I was a police officer and I came over to your house would you be comforted if I just pretended to put a pair of handcuff, handcuffs on an invisible person that was in the room and was like okay you you are going downtown
4: I think this that is was. not
2: this is not acceptable <laughs> and I was like clinking them on holding them in the air and I was like move a move a bucko and then I was like later Mrs. Gann I hope you won't have any trouble around here tonight ma'am and then would you feel comforted if I did that and like did the whole actions of putting an invisible person into the back of my my um police car and driving off
3: I think I would I think I really would. I think like if I was in this situation and anyone came along that, that even pretended that they could help, I'd be like, thank yeah. you, sir. Because I mean, what else are you going to do? I get the priest in. And by the way, lads, if anyone would like to rent a bargain based condominium in Vallejas, Madrid, do get on to us and we will pass you on to the real estate agent's phone number.
2: And on a side note, I am nearly sure that I stayed on that street in Madrid
3: stop it.
2: yeah like I, I wouldn't have known the story um but I was, I was in madrid years ago and we stayed for like a weekend um a little weekend over with a past lover oh Ooh. you learn about that on this week's patreon i'm joking <laughs> you um
4: i'm
2: nearly I sure that address like that street name and everything is really really familiar to me
3: Oh my God, you know what? It wasn't the ghost that uh, Estefania had conjured up at all. It's your ex-boyfriend that you killed and murdered and shoved in a cupboard over there where you got pissed off at him because he didn't buy you the right
2: dinner. I told you never to bring that up. (laughs) Never that up. And by the way, where the hell is Roisin? The last time we heard of she was going around to your house for Christmas dinner and no one's seen her since.
3: <laughs> she went on um, a last minute holiday. She just said that she'd found the year in production very stressful. And she said she'd be in contact in six to eight months. So we just have to get somebody in 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 for the meantime. Just anyone who can press a button on a screen, please, it would actually be better than what Roisin was. So you can send your CVs into stories at gmail.com. Thank you.
2: Oh my I can't believe you got the email right. <laughs> um, I can't
3: believe just... that you chose a, a Spanish story for your first of the year and put yourself through the mill trying to pronounce the names well, like, of Concepcion.
2: I, I, I think by now, our listeners and yourself should be well aware that it's for me, it's either a southern bale or, <laughs> or words I can't pronounce, like <laughs> Spanish, Mexican, like. Me being the dum dumb who's just like, sees the word and it's like, okay, yes, yeah, I understand that, I can pronounce it. And then it's like, what comes out of my mouth is the exact opposite of what the word is. Like, it's like my brain goes, yeah, you've got it. And then my mouth goes, what a dipshit. And then says, whatever. Um, But just to finish up on this story, right? Sometime later, Estefania's mother, right? She was subjected to like a bit of an assessment. Okay. Oh God. And and they did find that she was a little bit like emotionally unstable and stuff. Like she had really bad anxiety. And she also had had a need for attention is what they said. But like, obviously this Mm -hmm. kind of suggests that she exaggerated some of the events that might have happened. But Mm -hmm. because the police report was one of the only police reports, really, that um, all officers actually wrote down that they did experience stuff, it kind of doesn't really back that up. Like, you know, if the report kind of didn't really say it, and then the man was saying all this stuff, you know, meh, she's probably just putting bells and whistles on it. Now, Mm -hmm. as well as that, like, who knows, maybe the poor, like, well, reality is probably the girl had psychological problems and maybe you know there is some mental health issues there as well which is horrendous but also there's the paranormal element that is terrifying um so i guess we won't really for no
3: you'd have psychological problems if a demon entered your body and tried to take over your soul and her poor mother um signs of emotional instability yes i think that's rather she would if she came in for the assessment and she was like hello boys everything's just dandy then you would be worried about her I just no I am not I refute it no it was oh my god it was the demon please please let's talk about something else
2: well, like going back to the police um, thing there, if I was a police officer and I handcuffed imaginary ghosts and pretended, you know, all that carrying on, that's that's actually quite good of a business idea. We could actually make a few quid on that. And then, you know, if the people were like, hi, you came around and arrested a demon in my house last week and my house is actually, he's back again. We could just be like, yeah, um, unfortunately I um." lucifer posted bail so he got out and, <laughs> yeah i don't um, listen we can come around again is he there right now yeah we'll be around get the handcuffs you know do the whole thing again and then be like 50 hmm. quid it's 50 quid it's not for us it's for the petrol
3: yeah it would be a repeat it would be a repeat customer actually probably knowing the way that these things go probably but i mean those poor fuckers that are living in that condominium now i mean they need someone like us. But I think that somebody took that job title already. I think they're called uh, Ghostbusters, Will.
2: Never heard of them. Never heard of them. <laughs> We're Demonbusters, Annie. Demon Busters.
3: Busters.
2: Yeah, we we uh, branch out to many different countries. So obviously <laughs> in Spain, it would be Demonbusteres, And like <laughs> oh, in Ireland, it's Demonbusters. And in the please, UK, it's just like... Uh, look them up, chaps. Demons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please, <laughs> and in, in the southern... Oh, in southern southern Tennessee, it's... You got demons? We're going to catch them. Let me tell you. That's our slogan. <laughs> and then in California, it's more kind of like... Do you have a demon? We will catch him. okay? We
3: will totally like them for
2: y'all. And in West Cork, it's more like... Demon catcher.
3: Oh my God, please refrain.
2: Okay, I'll stop. Thank you for that story, William. No, thank you, William. Now we're going to move on <laughs> to, we're going to move on guys to a brand new section that we like to call
3: The Live Line. do 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 The Live Line is now open.
2: Every week we listen to your paranormal experiences, grievances, rants, thoughts, love, confessions and of course upon doing so we offer our expertise and general advice. Do not Mm -hmm. worry guys, this is totally anonymous unless you say otherwise. The live line is now open so you can get us on WhatsApp, Signal and Viber. You can send in your voice messages, text messages, pictures, whatever you want us to uh, talk about and the number is plus 35389 six one seven two one three one and the number will be in the show notes as well so save it and contact us
3: um um, i'm i'm just gonna say guys no dick pics unless they are rather large and girthy thank you very much
2: we will accept dick pics (laughs) Uh, annie give us a few examples of what you would like to come into the live line now so people know what they're going to get
3: like if you were driving to work this morning and you hit squirrel and then the squirrel like got, was OK, but you got ran off into the ditch and then it just started off this snowball of events where you were late to work and you had a bit of a fender bender because of the squirrel, like we want to hear about that. Or if you used uh, Ouija boards to get in touch with a demon from beyond it and uh, got into your daughter and then it's, she suddenly started attacking you and later passed away in very, very strange circumstances, you could always write into us about that as well, mainly I also like to get pictures of new haircuts, Um, and I also really like when people get their nails done. If you want to talk to us about that as well, I'm big what? into the nails at the moment. Yeah, nail pictures.
2: If anyone sends me a picture of their fucking bet down new fringe <laughs> and a picture of their gelac <laughs> nails, I will absolutely put you on blast. Okay, we do. Also, this is an audio based service. So they, we'll have to describe in detail.
3: I'll give, you, I'll give you another one. If you're having a relationship problem, if you're having a mother-in-law problem, if you're having a best friend problem, which I have had many, many times, <sighs> I find that it does help to talk to somebody. And we do have absolutely non-accredited advice to give you.
2: So let's listen to our first ever live line Caller and her experience in Newsham Park Hospital
4: hi will and annie um it's joe williams here from the motu facebook group i promised i'd let you know how i got on at an overnight ghost hunt i went to on friday so this was at newsham park hospital um, it's an abandoned institution in Liverpool, and it started life as an orphanage in the 1800s, and became a psychiatric hospital in the ni- 1900s till it closed in 96. So it's pretty dilapidated. Some of the building you can't go in because it's just not safe to do so. Um, I went on my own. Um, I met other people in there, of course, but um, yeah, I, I must have my head read. But I was researching a book that I'm writing, so. Yep, I um, decided to pull my big girl knickers up and off I went. Um, We were encouraged to look for the rational explanation first, which I thought was great. We got to use equipment, do vigils, and some things happened that I think could be explained by perfectly normal reasons. Other things blew my mind. So at one point we asked in the pitch dark might I add for a sign that something was in a room with us, an old cinema room, and we heard a chair, a big heavy chair move on its own and footsteps across the room when there was nobody there. Um, that was very oppressive and we got the hell out of there quite quickly. Um, we did table tipping and we got really oppressive results. The table moving so fast at one point that myself and three nurses also in the NHS like me um, we couldn't keep up with the table so um various things happened through the night but the one i want to talk to you about happened on the naughty boys corridor now this is a corridor where they used to take misbehaving children and lock them into cupboards sometimes five or six at a time each cupboards maybe half a meter wide uh, deep rather and then goes along the cupboard uh, the wall for about a meter meter and a half So, nothing was happening up there in our vigil, we were there for maybe 20 minutes, a couple of things, maybe sounds that could have had rational explanations. But I decided to finally take one for the team, just to see if anything happened, by standing in a cupboard. So I'm in there, I'm going to set the scene, it was dark, I could hear people talking in the corridor, continuing the vigil. I had a quick sneaky look using the screen from my phone to light the cupboard up, and make sure there's nothing in there with me. So i stood there, I'm feeling okay, and then all of a sudden, I didn't feel like I was alone. So very bravely, I whispered, if anybody's there, can you give me a sign? And at that moment, my legs from maybe the middle of my thighs down to my ankles, suddenly all at once became ice cold, and I heard three distinctive shuffly little footsteps in the dark next to me. Well, I'd love to tell you that I opened up communication and continued my lone vigil, but no. I channelled Annie Gann, I shit my knickers, practically, and I shot out that cupboard like a bat out of hell. Then, laughing hysterically, shaking, panting, I suddenly realised what a tit I'd made of myself, and that also I'd asked something for a sign, it had given me it, and I'd pegged it. So I popped my head back around the, uh, the cupboard, and I said, I'm really sorry for being such a baby if you're still in there. But thank you very much. And then promptly followed the rest as we all went back down. So that was my evening. Um, I hope you enjoyed the story. I love the show. And uh, I'm writing a book on haunted hospitals uh, based on staff experiences. So one day if you'd like to hear more, I'm more than happy to share. So take care. Bye.
2: So, Annie, what do you make of this?
3: Oh my God, I think that you were the bravest woman I have ever heard of in my whole life. And I really like the name drop in there that you said, Mm. I did, I channeled Annie Gann and I shit my knickers. And then she goes, (laughs) practically, because she didn't want us all to think that she actually had skid marks coming out of that fucking cupboard. How did you put yourself in the cupboard? Like, how did you? And then the way she says, oh, this was this was the part where I held my breath. Like this was the part that got me that she lit up her phone screen to look around the inside of the cupboard to see if there was a yoke in there. Uh, Matt, like the balls on you, woman, the ba- the balls on you just to see if there was a little friend in there with you. Oh, holy God, I I'm know. hyperventilating.
2: I know. And like you did ask for it. You literally oh, really ask did ask for it. <laughs> a little bit of a taster. And then you, like what Annie said, shit your knickers. And let's be honest, I would imagine that the knickers were heavy.
3: <laughs> very much, very much. I also really like the fact that it's you and uh, a few other NHS nurses were in there. And mm. it always really intrigues me when um, people who work in the health professions, because you guys like, by the way, You like have the hardest job in the world and you see
2: all sorts Mm. of things
3: and you obviously are there when people pass and like you're there afterwards and you see like horrendous, horrendous things. And it always really interests me when people have like that interest in the afterlife when they work so closely with death every day, because, uh, you know, it's still it's still fascinating to you. Like, that's really, really interesting. And the fact that you're writing a book is fucking amazing. Please, yeah. please let us know how it's going, because we would love to support you on the show. Like, these are our kind of books, aren't they, Will?
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah, fair play that you're writing the book. Um, I love the idea. Yeah, like what you said, that the NHS nurses going back to an old hospital and <gasps> doing a little thing. I wonder if, like, that's why you got a bit of an experience with that. Um, because they were like, oh, maybe they just spiritually knew you were a nurse or something uh, um but it was what was tot- going to say it
3: was totally something it was totally something that i do when you popped your head back in the cupboard and you were like sorry <laughs>
2: <laughs> but ta- joe thanks so much for sending that in um, and uh, sharing your experience it absolutely means a lot and uh, you. yeah, if you listeners have a uh, paranormal experience that you'd like to share send it in send it in the number is in the show notes and we will play it on air and also patreon now will have an after errors uh, live line as well so you'll be getting more of the same and um, it's kind of replacing or well it's kind of it's replacing our ask any ask will and our bizarre news but really if you want to ask us a question like just send it in as well. Yeah,
3: we, we, you guys did so good with the Ask Will, Ask Annie and I think we might have answered every question there is to answer and um, we didn't want to be putting you guys out asking for questions the whole time but if there's something that's really pertinent and you lie awake at night thinking about it what would Will or Annie do? You can always send it in, send it in on WhatsApp. The number again is plus 353 89 617 2131 and you can get us on WhatsApp, Signal or Viber.
2: And preferably voice message it in, like Joe did. We're Um, not able
3: to read.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And we also want to say thanks so much to the people who gave us new reviews. Thank you so much. Thank you. We got got loads of new reviews in there. So, um, sorry, Annie, you're the first one there that says hysterical. You're, if that's okay.
3: Oh my god! Oh, sorry, I didn't even go down. Yeah, I didn't put your name. Oh, sorry. This first review is called Hysterical. I love this podcast. It's not scary to me, but rather entertaining and hysterical. I love the host banter. They crack me up every episode and the stories are very interesting to listen to. Well, we just love cracking you up. That's from SK1885 via Apple Podcasts in the US of A.
2: Thank you. And next review is five stars and it's sniffing glue. Love, love, love. (laughs) These two are a dynamic duo. I reminisce of my long, my long ago love who disappeared to Las Vegas. You know who you are. I can't get enough of these guys. They are beautiful people. I'll try get the glue on the next episode. (laughs) Thank you. And that is from... Uh, platovoli sorry I'm really bad via uh, Apple Podcast in the United States of America thank you oh my god
3: thank you so much I hope your lost love is listening to this oh yeah. god not to blow our own trumpet but here's another one love 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 this podcast Annie and Will have me laughing every week and I love the show listen from the very beginning when it was what the fuck is in this book they look at some of the less popular mysteries and their take on them is always unique can never wait for the next one hence why I am a Patreon Oh. LJ, thank you so much in Great Britain. And it is Great Britain. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. Our next one um, is five stars and it says four graced hosts. (laughs) Okay, it's dropped down to the main two hosts now. But The Watcher did do a lot of the work there for a bit also some woman popped in now and then but i think she was quite hard for everyone to work <laughs> i think she's quite hard work for everyone so might have been sacked love annie and will such good winter and that comes in Aww. from trish may via apple podcast and um, the great Horn.
3: Oh, and look, like, it's the new year. We won't do this every week because, God, where our heads just might get too big and I wouldn't fit at my caravan door. But this last one says, I love Will and Annie. Started listening to the podcast because I love mysteries and such, but the best bits are hearing them tear strips off one another. Keep doing what you're doing. That's from Kimber Squat in Great Britain as well. We do love tearing strips. And back to that story of yours, Will, I've had a tall, dark, shadowy figure following me around for fucking years years and I can't get rid of it so um if anyone has a good exorcist number please do send it on to us via
2: viper don't you see Annie it's been me all along I've been watching you since you were born just a fetal little girl then grew up and had your own fringe that you cut yourself which was absolutely horrendous and I have pictures to prove it I watch you most nights as you blow your knickers out in your sleep and stink the room up, and in turn knock yourself out again. That's why you sweep, sleep so long, Anne-Marie, because you are induced with your own gases in bed. But, Annie, I love you and I shall watch you until the end of time. You're sincerely the watcher. Oh, I'm Thank sorry you didn't know what happened <laughs> <laughs> That's so there.
3: Oh, our little um, friend popped sorry. in. Somebody just, um, just
2: popped in there, um, but it, thanks so much for writing the reviews, guys. It means so much, and it also bumps us up in the algorithm or AI of the podcasting world. I think. Oh so. my god! Quote me on that. Could be absolute <laughs> products. but anyway, um, if you'd like to write a review, you can do so via Apple Podcasts, or I think you can also narrate us on Spotify, and it means so much. I am going to read them out on the show.
0: Five
3: stars only, please. <laughs> Thank you so much for that terrifying story. Now I'm going to have to try and sleep tonight. Maybe I will have to blow myself to sleep with the smell of my own fart.
2: I just have visions of you putting a tube in your arsenal <laughs> and connecting it to a mask in your mouth <laughs> oh and just my God. be like, oh God,
3: Time <laughs> to go. Time to go. I will see you all. Maybe Will will be there as well if he survives if he survives the week for Mochi Word Wednesdays so and next Wednesday, y'all. Don't forget to call into the live line.
2: The Live Line is always open join us next week for another mystery of the unexplained
3: why 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 can't you do it will why can you not do it why it's a disability oh, i'm just
2: gonna do things my way it's new year, new year. <laughs> <laughs> what little kind of bitch